It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Orwell said, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. How incredibly true that is today. In-game agendas are being carried out, existential threats are unfolding, and even now the majority on all sides of the divide are completely caught up in orchestrated scenarios that are specifically intended to distract populations from the wider horizon until the last possible moment. This is Dane Wigginton from geoengineeringwatch.org. The commercial-free global alert news hour starts now. Orchestrated political chaos and biosphere collapse, are they connected? What do you think? What potential response to biosphere collapse should we have expected from the controllers? What questions should understandably enraged populations be asking? Let's start with this recent report from multiple sources. The U.S. Right to Know organization sues National Institute of Health for documents about origins of SARS-CoV-2. From that report, the U.S. Right to Know Organization, an investigative public health nonprofit group, filed a lawsuit, this is last week, against the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, for violating provisions of the Freedom of Information Act. Shouldn't this question have been the center of the discussion from day one, the origin of SARS-CoV-2? So the NIH won't release information on the true origin of CV-19. Should that be any surprise at all? But in fact, the origin of CV-19 is not a secret. At the start of this year, on this broadcast, I did cover the 2015 peer review report from the journal Nature that made clear the, quote, gain-of-function characteristic of this pathogen, which allowed it to make the jump to humans, was absolutely engineered. Listen to the following title carefully, and then look up this report yourself. From Nature.com, quote, Engineered bat virus stirs debate over risky research. From that report, lab-made coronavirus related to SARS can infect human cells. End quote. The following editor's note was placed on this report earlier this year, five years after the report was first issued. It's a lame attempt to cover the tracks of CV-19's true origin. The editor's note states this, quote, We are aware that this report is being used as the basis for unverified theories that a novel coronavirus causing COVID-19 was engineered. The editor's note then states this, there is no evidence that this is true. Scientists believe that an animal is the most likely source of the coronavirus. What a completely lame statement. Read the nature.com science report for yourself on which this editor's note was placed and then ask yourself why a nature.com editor would deny exactly what the report itself states, that the CV-19 gain-of-function characteristic allowed it to make the jump to humans. It was absolutely engineered in cooperating labs in Wuhan and North Carolina, with millions in funding from the National Institute of Health. It's not an opinion, it's a matter of record. Again, this reminder, Fauci's 2017 statement on film and on the record, quote, again from Anthony Fauci, There will be a surprise pandemic during this presidency. How did he know? We've been over this over and over. I just stated how. 
the National Institute of Health, which Fauci is a part of, funded millions to engineer this now what is a bioweapon. How can it be considered otherwise? And why isn't the fact that this gain-of-function characteristic in this virus was engineered, why isn't that the center of the discussion? And let's not forget that Bill Gates absolutely knew what was being planned. Search Event 201, a pandemic exercise to illustrate preparedness. This is a Bill Gates-organized mock COVID pandemic drill that took place in October of last year, immediately prior to the actual CV-19 scenario unfolding. Just a coincidence? Would anyone really believe that? Even when this verifiable truth is told, why do so many seem compelled to just gulp down the official lies and keep pretending that their government and the oligarchs who run it are interested in protecting them? The very same fascist criminals that have always made clear on the record their goal of culling global populations. Time to wake up. Even if we hide in our homes in the attempt to avoid contracting CV-19, and even if we refuse to accept one of the witch's brew CV-19 vaccine jabs, we still have to breathe. Question, how can we know what we are being forced to inhale with every breath we take? Answer, you can't know. And official sources are never going to tell you, ever. Last week from multiple sources, this report, quote, urgent plan to reduce PM 2.5 National Environmental Board. That means... 2.5 micron size airborne particulates. And though this report was issued from Thailand, it reflects the total deception that is systemic all over the world. By design, no official air monitoring agencies are even testing for, let alone disclosing, highly toxic climate engineering elements, all of which are exponentially smaller and more harmful than PM 2.5, 2.5 microns. And most official air quality testing agencies are testing for PM 10, 10 microns, which is like a boulder compared to the nanoparticulates we know are being dispersed in the atmosphere. And how do we know this? As I've covered before from lab tests all over the globe, precipitation testing, and most specifically and most importantly, from atmospheric testing that was conducted by geoengineeringwatch.org on a NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, flying lab. That proves heavy aircraft are dispersing these particles, nanoparticles, which include aluminum. If all goes well, this extremely important post, this extremely important video proof of our atmospheric testing and our lab testing, we hope to have posted next week. This is only a portion of what will come with the documentary film, The Dimming, the production of which... We are trying desperately to complete in spite of an unending bombardment of challenges. So a headline like this is issued, the, quote, urgent plan to reduce PM 2.5, giving the public the impression that someone out there is watching out for them, that some official agency is going to protect them and their health and the health of their children, whose lungs are much more vulnerable to nanoparticulate pollution. What a naive notion. Official so-called public protection agencies like the EPA, like CARB, California Air Resources Board, are there to hide threats from the population, not to disclose them. Yes, our government's safeguarding us all, safeguarding America, telling us the truth about the threats we face and the part the government has played in creating the issues in the first place. Just like the 
false flag Gulf of Tonkin event that was used to kick off the Vietnam War in which 60,000 of our military sons, daughters, mothers, and fathers needlessly died. Countless others were maimed horribly. Still more died a slow, protracted death from Agent Orange and other chemical exposures, and literally millions of innocent civilians dead and still dying to this day from unexploded ammunitions left in their country by our military and Agent Orange. Did our government tell us the truth about Saddam's non-existent WMD? Or what really happened on 9-11? How long did it take before an official, quote, investigation was really launched on 9-11? How long and how much public pressure? And what a lame report that was to begin with that didn't even mention not a single sentence on the 9-11 report as to what happened to Building 7, a 47-story steel structure high-rise that fell down in seven seconds in its own footprint and never got hit by anything. The list is endless. The same controllers that have lied to us for decades about countless issues, lied to us for decades if not centuries, are writing the script to this very day. The corporate media criminal cowards serve the controllers in carrying out their script. The varying corporate channels, each playing their part toward the goal of polarizing and thus dividing the population. Divide and conquer and how successful they have been so far. How do I know that so-called public protection agencies are hiding known dangers? Because the geoengineeringwatch.org team, including attorneys and scientists, have been dealing with such agencies for over a decade. From meetings I have had with Governor Newsom, California EPA, the California Energy Commission, Barbara Boxer's top aide, Congressman Doug LaMalfa, the California Air Resources Board, the list goes on and on. In the case of the California Air Resources Board... I once spoke in front of that committee, in front of a room full of farmers that was being penalized for the particulate matter that their equipment puts out. And the board, the cardboard, was asked by me how it is that they ignore a source of particulate matter, a proven source from climate engineering that is mathematically about 100,000 times greater than anything the farmer's equipment puts out. And what was their response publicly? They don't care. That's not in their jurisdiction. What total hypocrisy and the scapegoating of countless civilians and civilian occupations in order to mask the crimes occurring in our sky for which there is no oversight whatsoever, no environmental impact review, no public disclosure, nothing. Criminality, the whole system is completely cancerous from the bottom to the top, and all those who serve it are a part of that cancer. Just doing your job is not okay when this is what it amounts to. Our attorneys have been submitting FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests, to the Department of Defense, EPA, U.S. Air Force, U.S. Navy, and all we get is stonewalled. Everybody just doing their job, shutting up and towing the line. And that's how we end up at near-term planetary omnicide, and we are perilously close to that point. Not my opinion, a mathematical statistical fact that will become ever more apparent in the coming weeks and months. But government agencies and the military don't bear all the blame. There's plenty to go around. Again, those in power couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. And if that willful blindness and complacency continues, again, we'll soon reach the end of the road, literally. For example, the Geoengineering Watch team has previously tried to contract with Shasta County attorneys in Northern California and engineering firms for the purpose of establishing the evidence and legal basis to take legal action in the battle to expose the climate engineering assault. What did we encounter? 
a complete refusal to allow us to hire their services, tasks they normally perform as a part of their business, whether it's engineering or legal consultation, because they didn't want to be seen as being associated with the effort to expose climate engineering, even from a paying client, which in this case would have been geoengineeringwatch.org. So let's all keep our heads down and pretend the highly toxic and destructive climate engineering atrocities aren't happening. Let's pretend our government hasn't been involved with so many issues that are easily verifiable for those that have the courage to look behind the curtain. For those who are willing to abandon the corporate media trough of total disinformation and to actually, objectively, honestly investigate the facts. Over many years, due to the large-scale habitat restoration projects I manage, I've had considerable interaction with agencies like U.S. Forest Service, U.S. Department of Agriculture, and CAL FIRE. I've been in the field numerous times with scientists from all of those agencies that, off the record, acknowledge the climate engineering reality, but then say to my face, literally, quote, what do you want us to do about it? End quote. My response to them was, do your job. Do what's right. Tell the truth while you can, while it matters, while it can still make a difference. But no, they won't do it. These so-called scientists choose to say nothing. They choose to do nothing. They opt to vainly attempt protecting their paychecks and pensions and personal paradigms while the entire ship, i.e. planet Earth, goes down. Our societies are programmed to, quote, trust the experts and, quote, believe the so-called scientists. And my answer is this. Scientists that are bought and paid for, we're supposed to believe them? Paid for by who? The controllers? Those who print the money? Who fund state agencies and local governments? The experts that are bought and paid for by them, those are the ones we're supposed to trust and believe? And certainly all the same points apply to the medical industrial complex. What's not being taught in our so-called institutions of higher learning? How about honor, courage, morality, virtue, those human traits, the only possessions that we can ever truly call our own, are not only not being taught, these essential human qualities are stomped out of existence in our so-called education system. Everyone is taught to be a brick in the wall, to toe the line, don't ask questions, do your job, and that's how we end up here. Again, those in power could not do what they do without the active or passive cooperation of the public, the majority public. To those in academia, please summon your courage. Band together, stand up, and make your voices heard before the bell rings, before we hit the end of the road. We're almost out of time. To all the aware and awake activists in the field, please help geoengineeringwatch.org to sound the alarm. Forward credible data to every appropriate individual, agency, and elected official. Do it peacefully and professionally. Please appeal to them to face and acknowledge the truth. This effort cannot be waged by the few on behalf of the many. All of us are needed in this fight. Biosphere collapse is forcing power structure total desperation. This connection must always be kept in mind. Some official sources have tried to claim Earth's ozone layer is recovering. This narrative is a blatant deception. November of 2020 has revealed the most severe atmospheric ozone hole scenario ever recorded over Antarctica. But the problem is far worse still. The ozone deterioration is global and accelerating rapidly. 
Climate engineering is the greatest single factor that is destroying the ozone layer. No ozone layer, no people. I said it too many times to remember. At the current rate of destruction, total ozone layer collapse could occur in less than a decade. If we had no other challenges except this, this one scenario alone is an extinction level scenario. If we expect to survive on this planet much longer, we must look to the wider horizon. Politics of any form or flavor will not save us from a planet that no longer supports life. That must be considered and remember the single greatest threat we face short of nuclear annihilation is the climate engineering assault. Another headline from last week, an Earth system model shows self-sustained melting of permafrost even if all man-made greenhouse gas emissions stop in 2020. GeoengineWatch.org has stated this for well over a decade. You could shut all forms of human activity off right now. We are through the guardrail. The planet we've known is gone. It's not coming back. Does that mean we can't save anything? That remains to be seen. But if we remain in the current course, it's a mathematical and statistical certainty, short of some outside intervening force. We have, at least statistically and mathematically, no chance if we remain in the current course. The greatest leap we can make in the right direction is to expose and halt the interference with Earth's life support systems. That starts with exposing and halting the climate engineering weather warfare assault, which is not benevolent in any way, shape, or form. Though the climate science community would have us believe that we need to do exactly what we see happening and that somehow that's going to save us from ourselves, the technology will save the day. How's that going so far? No truth in this equation, not coming from academia, not coming from environmental organizations, not coming from any official source, lying and denying the climate engineering assault. More in a moment on the lie of the Green New Deal. Stay tuned. First, these headlines. Above freezing temperatures at the North Pole on November 12, 2020. Above freezing at the North Pole. If this fact doesn't alarm you, it should. Last week, temperatures at the top of the world were at times almost 60 degrees Fahrenheit above normal. Almost 60. Massive formerly frozen methane hydrate deposits are thawing and releasing into the atmosphere. Climate engineering in the attempt to mask the full gravity of the meltdown so that those in power can keep business as usual for as long as possible is making the overall scenario exponentially worse, not better. Let's plug this headline into the equation from JobOneForHumanity.org. Quote, can U.S. democracy end the destruction of the living planet Earth? End quote. For the record, we don't live in a democracy. It's a farceocracy of fascism. That's the reality of it all. From the report, the U.S. Green Party's Green New Deal stands out because its goal is zero greenhouse gas emissions and 100% clean energy. That's an oxymoron with current technology. By 2030, the report states. The report continues, it also enacts an economic bill of rights with federal guarantees of living wage jobs, incomes above poverty, affordable housing, universal health care, lifelong tuition-free public education, and secure retirements. What a pile of Pollyanna fantasy. If we're to have any chance of salvaging anything, we must face reality. The whole Green New Deal, let's think happy thoughts narrative is nothing more than delusion. Just a pushing of the patently false narrative that if we all get a few solar panels and buy an electric car, we can live happily ever after. Not going to happen. View the documentary Planet of the Humans. Decide for yourself if you think so-called renewable energy is going to magically save us. 
In the documentary Planet of the Humans, at the 40-minute mark, an empty field of blowing sand is shown in the middle of the Mojave Desert, where the nation's first solar plant of its kind once was. I worked on this facility in 1983, the SEGS power plant. I know firsthand the fallacy of so-called renewable energy. My fully off-grid home with solar, wind, and hydropower was the cover article of the world's largest renewable energy magazine, but the climate engineering assault has diminished all three forms of my power systems, in addition to contaminating the entire planet. The soils are dead in the forest here. There's no decomposition on the forest floor because the microbial life has been slaughtered from the contaminants and the precipitation, which no official agency would test for, for the reasons I already cited on this broadcast. How many have seen ads for the new 1,000-horsepower all-electric Hummer? Yeah, that's exactly what we need. A 1,000-horsepower electric Hummer. That'll fix everything, right? We're living in an asylum. How many comprehend the insanity of pretending such an electric vehicle is in any way good for the environment? It's total delusion to believe that an electric Hummer is in any way environmentally friendly. It's an even more obscene use of the planet's remaining resources. And for those who think the electrically charging of the 1,000-horsepower Hummer is environmentally friendly, think again. That electricity likely came from a coal generation plant or a nuke plant. Can we just go on with the current carbon fuel scenario? A scenario of loot, pillage, plunder, and pollute until the planet is dead? Does that question even deserve an answer? I think not. Veterans Day has come and gone. What's that all about? What should it be about? For nearly two decades, I contributed to disabled American veterans and veterans of foreign wars. I spent time as a volunteer working with rehabbing horribly disabled Vietnam veterans. I felt immense compassion for their sacrifice, for the reality they were forced to face for the rest of their lives. Many that were terminally injured in foreign wars weren't even aware that they were injured until many years later. The legacy of Agent Orange and depleted uranium ammunition bears testimony to this fact. Slow, protracted deaths of cancer and disease was to be the fate of so many U.S. military personnel, not to mention the unfortunate populations of the targeted nations that are now, in many cases, contaminated forever. Not just Agent Orange, but depleted uranium. The radioactive half-life of depleted uranium is four and a half billion years That's a long time. When the geniuses at the Pentagon came up with the depleted uranium ammunition brainstorm, they definitely didn't have the safety of our soldiers in mind or civilian populations in foreign countries or the planet as a whole. Have you ever seen the babies that are being born in Iraq now because of the depleted uranium there? If you search it online, you will never be able to unsee what you see. It is shocking beyond comprehension, and it is a direct result of what our country did to their country with depleted uranium, and our soldiers were exposed to the same. This is criminal beyond comprehension. This is what the military-industrial complex is. It's what the medical-industrial complex has now become. They are inseparable. So many claim to be so patriotic. And this is certainly the case in Shasta County, California, where I live. Yet, when I paid from my own pocket to have a well-known 15-year U.S. Marine veteran and depleted uranium expert, Dennis Kine, speak in Reading, not once but twice about depleted uranium from 
the U.S. military's own ammunition, and what it did to our soldiers, almost no one showed up, in spite of extensive announcements on radio. So much for patriotism. Unpleasant realities are seldom listened to, let alone accepted. Believing in the delusion feels better until reality comes home to roost. Our U.S. military members have been used as cannon fodder in the service of empire. And though this fact is unimaginably tragic, it is also inarguably true. Question, what's the true extent of covert wars being waged around the world, not just by the military-industrial complex, but also by the medical-industrial complex? Ultimately, by those who control them both, those who print the money, literally. From climate engineering to CV-19, the assault rages on against military personnel and the population as a whole. How few of our so-called elected officials have seen even a day of military service, let alone experienced a single second of actual combat and the carnage it creates. Yet the desk-bound war hawks continue to wage wars on any and every nation that possesses the resources needed by the empire to sustain itself, the resources the empire needs to temporarily prop up the lie of endless expansion and consumption on a finite planet with finite resources. The grand facade can no longer be sustained. Collapses unfolding, brace for impact. And the militaries of other nations, i.e. Russia and China, exactly the same. They are used for the same purpose. Again, for the record, my heart bleeds for those that have been maimed or sacrificed on the altar of the military-industrial complex machine. And when some try to defend the, quote, just wars, like World War II, I would ask, how much does such an individual actually know of history? How many know that Prescott Bush, the father of George H.W. Bush, the grandfather of George W. Bush, was one of the bankers that funded Nazi Germany? They funded both sides of the conflict, as is always the case. If you don't believe this, I understand. But I ask that you honestly investigate historical data, and you won't like what you find. Nothing has changed. Consider this message, this statement from Mark Twain, penned so long ago. Quote, The statesman will invent cheap lies, putting the blame upon the nation that is attacked, and every man will be glad of those conscience-soothing falsities, and will diligently study them and refuse to examine any refutations of them. And thus, he will, by and by, convince himself that the war is just, and then will thank God for the better sleep he enjoys after this process of grotesque self-deception. The military-industrial complex has always manufactured and utilized propaganda to motivate populations into blindly supporting its objectives, its wars, which are built on mass deception. From Vietnam to Saddam's, again, non-existent WND to the new Pearl Harbor that was the 9-11 event. So much more, before and since, all are interwoven with military-industrial complex objectives and agendas. Again, I ask, what is true patriotism? Who are the true patriots? Pat Tillman was the epitome of a true patriot. After the 9-11 events, Tillman walked away from multi-million dollar pro football contracts so he could join the U.S. military. When Tillman became aware of the crimes in foreign countries 
that were being committed by the U.S. military machine, he made it known that he intended to eventually publish what he was witness to. He was killed shortly after. Three shots to the head by another U.S. military member. His personal belongings were burned. Tillman had a voice that would have been heard around the world, and the U.S. military knew it. A long story of propaganda and cover-up was produced by the U.S. military about Tillman's death, all of which has now been exposed. That's how our military has treated the most patriotic among us. John F. Kennedy was the last U.S. leader to draw a line in the sand with those in power. And how long did he live after doing so? About a week. Former U.S. Army Major General Albert Stubblebine is another case in point, another true patriot. General Stubblebine is the highest-ranking U.S. military official to speak out about what really happened on 9-11. Major General Stubblebine also spoke out about the climate engineering reality before his death, which is still being investigated. In a moment, I'll play a short audio segment of a conversation between myself and General Stubblebine regarding the coming likelihood of martial law, the treatment of those who try to dissent, and his ostracization from former military colleagues and circles because he dared to tell the truth about 9-11, climate engineering, and government criminality. Here it is. When General Sibelbein said uh, it would be the expected procedure with this type of tyranny for those yep. in power to try to take out people in society that they feel have leadership qualities or that um, are not willing to lie down and, and look the other way, correct? Well, what what is the description of a dissenter? Is it somebody who doesn't like to go in there, somebody who is voicing it, and is it somebody who's just thinking those thoughts? Who, how do you define a dissenter? Who defines the people that will be shot as dissenters? General Stubblebine then went on to make the following statement, an audio segment which I'll play in a moment, regarding the conducting of military drills within the United States and the eventual likelihood of martial law. The other voice that's momentarily in the conversation is Dr. Stubblebine's very courageous wife, Dr. Rima, who has herself been an extraordinary force in the critical effort to bring dire truths to light. Here's the segment. Where people are getting uh, used to or expected to get used to seeing military forces as the uh, everything is shut down as and we go are. into martial law. Well, no, no, there's martial law across the country. And that gets to not thinking clearly. That gets to the fluoride, which is also synergistically toxic with the uh, aluminum being sprayed. So the aluminum is being sprayed, the mercury is being injected, and the fluoride is being consumed in toothpaste, water, etc. And all of this is leading to a state of cognitive apathy so that people are willing to accept this kind of thing instead of saying, no, not here, not now, not ever. And this is, that's an extremely important aspect you bring up, Rima, and this is where, again, the climate engineering is such an incredibly powerful tool for those that are now running the world because they can saturate everything on the planet so you cannot, none of us can escape 
from these elements and their effects. And this is where the whole climate, quote unquote, climate engineering aspect is so complicated. And a, a lot of people try to put it in this box or that box. But we have so many things going on at once. We have weather warfare. We have biological warfare going on. We have an attempt to hide the damage already done to the planet from the population so they don't panic by doing even more damage to the planet. So again, with this particular mechanism, there is no place to hide on planet Earth. I've been well, contacted by... Yes? Dan, let me correct you. Uh, because there is a place to hide. And the place to hide is in all of the underground cities that have been uh, uh, built and high-speed trains going from one city to the other underground. Yes. What is that about? So there's no place for us to hide. hide. Your point's well taken, though, that that those in power are digging into the deep underground bases. No question there. I've been contacted by some people in the military that have just gotten out that said that their peers still in the military are waking up quickly to many of the things that you've already woken up to, and they're waking up specifically to the climate engineering issue and the, the biological uh, warfare that's an aspect to that. My question for you, General Stubblebine, is this. On your contacts, or of your contacts, in the military or formerly in the military, how what percentage would you say or estimate that have of those contacts that have woken up to what is really going on? I... <laughs> This is a very interesting question because, I, A, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, my classmates won't talk to me. There you have it. The bottom line. Those who dare to tell the truth are ostracized from the group, especially in military circles. How well I know this to be true after almost 20 years of slogging forward in this battle. How many courageous activists and individuals doing their absolute best in the field to sound the alarm. Know this to be true. They have sacrificed family and friends for simply trying to tell truths that must be told, that must be made known. Before his death, General Stubblebine and his courageous wife, Dr. Rima, extended the invitation for myself and my family to live with them in Chilean Patagonia, an invitation to get out of the U.S., Though I will always be deeply grateful to General Stubblebine and Dr. Rima for their extremely kind and generous offer, I knew I could not abandon the post at which I feel I have been placed. Mark Twain stated this, Man is the only animal that deals in the atrocity of atrocities, war. He is the only one that gathers his brethren about him and goes forth in cold blood and calm pulse to exterminate his own kind. He is the only animal that for sordid wages will march out and help to slaughter strangers of his own species who have done him no harm and with whom he has no quarrel. In 2012, the U.S. government and its agencies purchased 2.4 billion rounds of 40 caliber hollow point bullets. Don't forget that. Who do you think all that ammunition is for? A type of ammunition that is for one purpose only. To those that are feeding from the mainstream media trough of power structure, divide and conquer propaganda, and to those who think they have even the slightest idea of what's actually unfolding from that propaganda, think again. Every brand of corporate media is connected 
to those that control the flow of money, to the controller umbilical. I've never asked anyone to believe what's reported on this commercial-free global alert news hour. What I have asked and what I ask now is that you honestly and objectively investigate the reports covered in this broadcast. Investigate without bias, preconception, or ideology. Doing so is much easier said than done. It takes incredible courage and commitment to rise above a lifetime of programming. But it can be done. It must be done by the majority of us, or we have no chance. More headlines from last week. Quote, record cold and snow in Gulf, California, and Nevada. Yes, weather warfare is being waged on the U.S. West. In this case, winter weather warfare. The report states back-to-back cold fronts brought record temperatures and heavy snow to California. Really, heavy snow. There's no snow on last, well, there is now, as of yesterday, but prior to yesterday, which this report is referring to, the previous systems, not the one that just came in yesterday, there was still no snow on Lassen, just a recent dusting that's now gone. There was no snow on Mount Shasta, again, until yesterday. And up until about a decade ago, there was always substantial areas of snow on Mount Lassen and Mount Shasta. This snow remained through the entire year. This year, from my location, no snow was visible on Lassen or Shasta by late July. And again, none was visible until Thursday of last week. I'm sure there's some there now. But that snow is most certainly contaminated with climate engineering elements. Count on it. During October and into early November, there were many days in our location in the forest of Northern California, east side of Lake Shasta, in which... Temperatures held at or near 80 degrees well after dark, and now it turns from six months of summer to winter. Allowing some atmospheric moisture into a region is the means by which the climate engineers utilize patented processes of chemical ice nucleation. The cloud moisture is seeded with the chemical ice nucleation elements. These elements cause an endothermic reaction. Translation, an energy-absorbing reaction. A cold, dense layer of air is created, This layer descends to ground level, but much of the moisture is dried up in the process. Consider the sublimation process of dry ice that converts from a solid to a liquid by bypassing the liquid state. Chemically nucleated snow now behaves in much the same way. There's far less liquid runoff from chemically nucleated frozen material. But this material is generally far colder than the surrounding air mass. Three years ago, geoengineeringwatch.org Temperature tested the first snowfall of the season on Mount Shasta. The temperature of the frozen material on the side of the mountain, i.e. chemically nucleated snow, was 16 degrees. The air temperatures in that location had not been below 30 degrees since the previous winter. How was that possible? How was it possible the snow could have been so much colder than the surrounding air mass? Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is how. Welcome to engineered winter weather, a surface layer of cold that may be only a few hundred feet thick, with temperatures sometimes rising 20 to 30 degrees above this cold surface layer. How do we know this radical temperature increase is taking place above the cold surface layers? Because Geoengineering Watch is communicating with a number of private and commercial pilots that are extremely alarmed about what they're witnessing. One former military pilot that contacted geoengineeringwatch.org informed us of the autopilot forced descent that occurred in the private charter jet he captains. 
the jet went into this forced descent from above 40,000 feet because the air temperatures at that height were almost 40 degrees above what would be considered historically normal. The air was not dense enough to support the flight of the jet. This incident occurred off the coast of Northern California, exactly in the region where the almost constant rain-blocking high-pressure heat dome is maintained by the climate engineers. How is it possible to create and maintain such a high-pressure heat dome? From extremely powerful microwave transmission facilities like those produced by the HARP installation in Glucona, Alaska. This high-pressure heat dome has been labeled the, quote, ridiculously resilient ridge by meteorologists. The climate engineers control the flow of life-giving rain, not just in California, but around the world. And though it's certainly not an exact science, the geoengineers, with various processes of atmospheric manipulation and various types of cloud seeding, can either augment rainfall, creating devastating deluges, or they can cut off the flow of precipitation constantly and indefinitely, if they so choose. Climate engineering is covert weather warfare, nothing less. In Northern California, rain now so often comes late and comes less, and sometimes doesn't come at all. Chance of showers, quote, or mostly sunny forecasts are given days in advance. We once had forecasts of rain for extended periods of time. Now it's always a chance of showers and a certain percentage of that chance. Skies so often have no natural clouds but are filled with a toxic haze of lingering and spreading geoengineering jet aircraft dispersions. How do the so-called meteorologists know a week in advance that the, quote, mostly sunny days will occur? Because the so-called weather forecasters are literally reading a script of the scheduled weather passed down through the National Weather Service and NOAA by geoengineering contractors like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. The current round of so-called West Coast storms, like so many so-called storms in the last decade and a half, are not the historical low-pressure counterclockwise rotating circulations. Rather, they're zonal flows of Pacific moisture that are directed by a Pacific high-pressure dome that rotates clockwise. So, what we actually get for, quote, rain is often this on-and-off drip and drizzle scenario with occasional heavier downpours, but very uniform rapid fire drizzle patterns can often be seen in puddles. Why or how can the droplet size be so uniform? Because the condensation nuclei of heavily seeded clouds is being dictated. In other words, the droplet size is being dictated by the size of the climate engineering elements being seeded into the cloud moisture. Our rain is toxic. It's not an opinion. It's a lab-tested proven fact. Lab tests from all over the globe have confirmed the rain contamination over and over. Some 70 lab tests in Northern California alone. Toxic metal elements starting with aluminum, barium, and strontium. Polymer nanoparticulates and surfactants. Surfactants are used in geoengineering spray dispersions as a means of keeping the particulates from coagulating or sticking together. Surfactants are also used in soap. How many have seen rain runoff that produced an abundance of foam? Is the rainfall runs down streets, gutters, and waterways. These are surfactants causing this. How many have seen the headlines of extreme sea foaming events in which a foam buildup on the shoreline was at times several meters thick? Surfactants, climate engineering, connect the dots. Aluminum nanoparticulates saturating our breathable air column, epidemic levels of Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, ALS, and other related diseases. Connect the dots. 
the weather whiplash freeze fry scenarios are steadily worsening. Search this title to learn more about these scenarios. Quote, geoengineering is creating freeze fry extremes. In the coming week or two, as the current round of toxic wet weather passes, take a look at the leaves on deciduous trees. What you'll likely see is dead leaves still hanging on many trees. In some wind-sheltered locations, the dead leaves may hang on the trees all winter long. This is not nature. When trees naturally release their leaves during the normal cycle of seasons that no longer occurs, the leaves fall to the ground, discolored perhaps, but not crispy, dead, and dried out. They're intact. All available evidence indicates that the climate engineers are utilizing defoliants in some of the fall rain events. Why? To create the impression of a natural change of season when the constantly warm temperatures in many regions is not allowing natural processes to take place. Will any official agencies conduct precipitation tests? Are any of them willing? Absolutely not. Even when served with hard evidence of completely contaminated rain lab tests from the state-certified lab in Redding, California, Senator Doug LaMalfa did exactly nothing. The Redding Air Quality Board did exactly nothing. Agencies, our governor, all the agencies I mentioned earlier in this broadcast have done exactly nothing because that's their job, to pacify the population, to make the population believe that someone somewhere is doing something to protect them. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. Highly toxic climate engineering elements, including heavy metals, chemical ice nucleating elements, surfactants, all are inflicting unquantifiable damage to human health, to crops, soils, to the entire web of life. Intense UV radiation is worsening the situation even more. Mass starvation is coming. Wait and see. The local weather forecast for Shasta County, California, last week said this, quote, Friday's storm will not only bring us some much-needed rain, but will also be significantly cooler with the highs struggling to get out of the 40s. Again, chemical ice nucleation, instant winter. Snow levels will start out as low as 3,500 feet in some areas, but will slowly rise through the day. Be prepared for winter travel in the mountains. Rainfall totals for the valley will likely be about a quarter of an inch. We used to get rain here in Northern California. Not a quarter of an inch that's called a, quote, storm. The historical counterclockwise rotating low-pressure storm systems are now less and less. What we have, again, is a zonal flow of Pacific moisture that's heavily seeded, that amounts to nothing but a drifting mass of toxic murk that eventually drips and drizzles some rain out with an occasional heavier shower where something slips through the cracks of the climate engineers or they allow the spigot to turn on for a moment or two, and that's it. How many have forgotten what the historical weather systems were like here in Northern California? It was com- it's completely different than 20 years ago when I moved here. Completely different. And that change has taken place slowly over time, so people don't seem to notice it. But what will it take for them to look up and notice our blue skies are now gone? Our forests are dying. Microbial life in the forest floor is almost non-existent, so nothing again decomposes. Insect life almost vanished. 80 to 90% decline. What will it take to make the population understand we are in a literal fight for life. There is no natural weather at this point. Let me define that more clearly because many misunderstand the meaning of that statement. Would weather disasters happen without climate engineering? Absolutely. Worse than ever before. Human activity has devastated the planet's life support systems. Weather and climate repercussions are a certainty. 
But climate engineering operations have completely disrupted and derailed the entire planetary climate cycle. Given this fact, no weather event can be separated from climate engineering operations. This must be considered. No legitimate discussion about the climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the climate engineering assault. In the case of any specific weather catastrophe, we must ask if climate engineering operations were not occurring. Would that specific weather disaster have happened in that specific location at that specific time? Again, if geoengineering was not interfering with the entire system, all becomes a liability for those conducting these operations. And that's why government documents, including documents from our own government, posted at geoengineeringwatch.org, some of them 800 pages long, as I've covered in this broadcast in the past, specifically provide total legal immunity from any and all death and injury or disaster that their operations create. Same is true in the medical industrial complex. Since, I believe, 1986, total blanket legal immunity for any and all death and injury vaccines cause. This is fact. It's a fact of record that anybody who chooses to investigate will find to be true, regardless of the denials that come from those that are involved either directly or indirectly with the military-industrial complex or the medical-industrial complex. It seems some are waking up. This headline from last week from RTTV, quote, something extremely bogus is going on. That's a quote from Elon Musk. Musk says he's positive and negative for CV-19 after taking four tests in one day. Both positive and negative tests in the same day. Another headline from last week. No surprise. Europe back in lockdown mode. As GeoengineeringWatch.org has studied from the beginning of the CV-19 scenario, the controllers, those in power, will continue to stoke the CV-19 fires as needed to continue carrying out their agendas, all of it related to biosphere collapse, ultimately. Shasta County COVID update. Current statistics. The official infection rate for CV-19 in Shasta County is approaching 3,000. It went on for a very extended time before the mask mandate at 30. Since the mask mandate, we have had now nearly a 10,000% increase in the official infections. Ponder that one for a while. And there's this from the other side of the world. Fukushima Daiichi is an example of humanity's worst nightmare come true. The fabled China syndrome. How many think that Fukushima is fixed? Could not be further from the truth. Triple China syndrome nuclear meltdown ongoing right now. And yet, through all of this, record high stock market. Stop and think about that for a moment. And there's this, how Ticketmaster plans to check your vaccine status for concerts. In fact, if Bill Gates has his way, your vaccine status will dictate anything you may try to do in society. That is until the point in time total collapse comes, which is very, very near. In fact, I would question that any of these agendas will be carried out. Collapse is too close now. And as collapse unfolds, those who are tasked with carrying out the agenda of those in power will be, I would argue, more concerned about the safety of their own families in the chaos and carnage that will ensue when there's not enough to go around. And that point is perilously near. 
I'm almost out of time in this on-air broadcast. I want to blaze through a few more headlines. From last week from CBC Canada, quote, give geoengineering a chance to fix the climate, says David Keith, a climate engineer who is the face of climate engineering disinformation and who is heavily invested in the climate engineering industry. What a total conflict of interest. And this headline from numerous sources, many countries on the brink of famine, UN warns. And this from peakoil.com. The Prosperity Hoax. From that report, the World Bank has churned out a series of reports over the last six years promoting this cheery story. The world has made tremendous progress in reducing extreme poverty, end quote. In what reality is that taking place? And how many choose to believe that kind of complete and utter fallacy? Another headline, World on Fire. Experts explain the global wildfire crisis without mentioning climate engineering, which means it's all a complete lie. And there is this headline from last week from Climate Action Australia, quote, cooked another year of record heat and it's only going to get worse. That's certainly true. And again, not surprisingly, the climate engineering monster in the sky not mentioned. This headline last week from numerous sources, August through October 2020 shattered past California temperature records. Meltdown is here and it will unfold rapidly. From this point on, from multiple sources, rising sea levels play a role in South Florida flooding after Tropical Storm Eta. Nobody really tying that into the equation. Mainstream media simply tries to pacify populations by making them believe it's some passing rainstorm only that's the problem. From azcentral.com, 99 degrees in Phoenix shatters record for hottest day ever recorded in November. From Yale360.edu, declining snow cover in U.S. Northeast will have major impacts on rivers, study finds. No kidding. And this recent headline from weather.com, dreaded methane deposits in Arctic start to escape. Scientists warn of abrupt climate change in the future. No, not in the future, now. Abrupt climate collapses now. Climate engineering is further fueling the fire overall. And countless scenarios are completely connected to the unfolding climate and environmental collapse including the CV-19 scenario, which is the controller response to what's unfolding. I'm acutely conscious and aware of the fact that I repeatedly drive home certain points on this broadcast. Please forgive me for doing so. I'm driving home these points to the point of ranting. It's difficult to restrain oneself from when the planetary train wreck is unfolding in real time, when all is at stake and when there's no going back And even now, almost none are yet willing to even look at the wider horizon, let alone to help turn the tide of a rapidly unfolding planetary omnicide. We can yet make a difference, even at this late hour, if we stand together. But we must do so effectively and efficiently. We're playing chess. We must learn to play well. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn how you can help. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigginton with geoengineeringwatch.org.